When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to the I Almost Died podcast. Imagine if I did a whole episode with a British accent. I don't think I could do it because when I do a British accent, it turns into an Australian accent. And in my brain, I can't differentiate the two sometimes. So it would not end well. Anyways, hello. I feel like British people are going to get like they're going to one day the the nation of England is going to stick their foot down. I mean, stomp their foot down and say, we've had enough. We've had enough of these North Americans doing terrible British accents. Because I know dang well when, 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 whenever British people do like an American accent and it's like not amazing, Americans are like, so I feel like there's going to be, I'm predicting in 10 years, there's going to be a clash of sorts. There's going to be a little war, an accent war. Wasn't that just, like, the war in the 1800s? Was there not a war where they dumped tea? It was, like, British versus the Americans? Listen. (laughs) Canada schools didn't teach me anything. People crap on American school systems. Uh, The Canadian school system is just as bad, mamas. The way I know nothing. The way my brain... Though I cannot literally picture one thing that I learned in my time in middle school, high school, or elementary school. I know I don't remember anything from it. But what I do remember is the topic of today's episode, which is hypochondriacism. Now that word might be very confusing, rightfully so. It's I don't know, 20 letters. Also, my neighbors literally just took the recycling bin, but they like slammed it against my wall and I'm kind of scared right now. <laughs> Hypochondriacism. What is that? Let me actually get an actual definition for you guys so I don't butcher it. Hey Siri, what is hypochondriacism? Okay, okay. She didn't read it to me, which is kind of annoying, kind of frustrating. So it looks like I'm going to have to unmoisten my lips by reading a whole definition. An illness... There's a moth that just landed on the outlet, and I think it might electrocute itself if it goes in. That'd be really fun. That'd be really funny, actually, if the moth just exploded right now. Anyways, um, what is this definition that she gave me? It's literally not even it. Hypochondriac. <laughs> a person who is abnormally anxious about their health. Thank you, Google. Thank you for putting that very simply, very, very straight to the point. I appreciate that. I struggled with this big time, big, 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 big time in middle school. And there really isn't any reason why I, I'm not, I'm really going to try not to self-diagnose myself with anything 
in this episode, which is funny because hypochondriacism, being a hypochondriac, is literally thinking you're dying all the time, thinking you have like some illness. So for example, the way I experienced this was I would find like a mole, like a new mole pop up. Like I have this one on my on my fist, on like my middle finger knuckle, and it just showed up one day and it terrified me. And I used to never have this fear. Like as like a really little kid, I would never be scared of that kind of thing. It all started when I literally watched this very scary episode of, I believe the show was called House. It was kind of like Grey's Anatomy, but like kind of like darker. And there was an episode where this woman had a mole under her fingernail that like became cancerous and Miss Girl died. And I watched this when I was like nine or 10 when my brain was still forming. And I legitimately thought that was like an actual thing that could happen, which like, sure, like I'm like moles can become cancerous and you can die from it. But like, this was like a super exaggerated version, like in this episode where like she like missed Oh my God, not Duolingo saying I haven't logged in in 30 days. Mamas, it's going to be 30 more. Like I'm not, I'm not coming back. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like obviously like you can have a mole that becomes cancerous and then it kills you if you just absolutely don't see it. Like very rare, very rare, not like a legitimate worry. But seeing that literally kickstarted this fear of mine. And this isn't like, a small fear. When I tell you this was an actually like debilitating thing that I had for like a few years, which still kind of carries weight today. Like I still have like hypochondriac tendencies to this day where I'll discover like a lump or something or like a lymph node that's swollen. And like actually like it'll ruin like my whole week and I'll like spend hours and hours like Googling like WebMD, like what what is this lump like if i have a lump here does that mean i'm dying does that mean i have cancer or some terminal illness and as crazy as that sounds now it literally was way worse when i was a kid so in middle school it started with moles um anytime i would get a new mole which happens like oh my gosh i literally have a new mole oh no that's just kidding <laughs> that's pen i was painting the ladybug and i guess i got paint on me that's not a mole but like it's normal to get moles, obviously, as long as they don't become big or misshapen. I know this because I've checked WebMD 10 billion times on this topic. But anytime I would get a new mole or a lump or anything, I'd be like, oh my God, like I'm literally dying. And it was it, like, it sounds so stupid. And I look back and it sounds like ridiculous. And you're probably thinking like, Ben, like that's so dumb. It actually was like terrifying I don't know if this is like a like a smaller part of like maybe anxiety, like a full-on anxiety disorder or something, but it would actually make me shut down. I would find a mole, spend three hours Googling, and then I wouldn't be able to sleep. Like literally 12-year-old me was losing sleep over this. I would like – it got to the point where I think I had – I had like a canker sore in my mouth or something. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> what I'm about to say. <laughs> I had a canker sore and I couldn't really eat anything. Cause if you've ever had a canker sore, it's like this like open wound on like your lip or like your gums in your mouth. And it's really painful. And I showed my friend at school and they're like, that's a canker sore. I was like, what is a canker sore? So I Googled it, but I spelled canker wrong. I spelt it cancer sore. 
which looks pretty similar to a canker sore. So when you Google it, you don't really know the difference, but they're two completely different things, even though they ha look similar and have similar names by like one letter. So I literally thought I had cancer. So I, <laughs> I like begged my parents to take me to the dentist, which was really out of character because I hate the dentist. That is my, one of my least favorite places. And I was like begging them to take me to the dentist, but I didn't tell them what it was because they were aware that I was like a hypochondriac and they really didn't want to entertain it. Um, cause like, like that's like, like if you entertain it and like I try, like I wanted to, then it just gets worse. So I just told them like, oh, I have a cavity. Like I want to go to the dentist. And when I got to the dentist, I was like, I need you to check if I have cancer in my mouth. 13 year old me went to the dentist to check if I had cancer in my mouth. So the dentist like opens up my mouth. He's like, you're, you're way too young to be worrying about anything like that. He's like, do you smoke? And I'm like, no. He's like, come on now. <laughs> so he opens up my mouth. He's like, that's definitely a canker sore. I'm like, it's a canker sore? He's like, yeah, it's literally nothing. I'm like, but isn't that, isn't that literally cancer? Like it's in the name. He's like, no. <laughs> And that was the first time, like, a medical professional told me, like, I might be a hypochondriac. But then again, he was my dentist, so he's not going to, like, diagnose me with anything. But he's like, do you worry about things like this a lot? I'm like, yeah. Yes, I do, sir. For no reason. But. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I very much do. And so this is when I really realized that, like, I had a problem with being a hypochondriac and oh my God, like listening to like what I'm saying right now, like is like, I, it sounds insane, but I really want you guys to know. And like, if there's any of you guys out there struggling with this, it's so real. It feels so real. It feels like you're dying. Like you actually like go into like shutdown mode. Like that moth just like zoomed past my face and it was really scary. I want to see it explode really bad. Um, it is terrifying. It's really terrifying to have these thoughts that like you're literally dying. And I've never opened up about this before because kind of like the last episode about stress, how it's like, like I'd never like had a good place to talk about it. Like I'm not gonna make an Instagram story about it. I'm not gonna like make a TikTok or anything. Like I, I needed to talk in length about this. So one of the things that really helped me um, was being, I met my my best friend, she's still my best friend to this day. We met in middle, or high school, sorry. She also is a hypochondriac. I'm not, I'm not going to call her out on any of the things she does. Doctor patient confidentiality. But, <laughs> but seeing like the behaviors mirrored onto her, like seeing her have the same fears, the same tendencies was so like therapeutic because I would realize we're really just sitting around being scared of absolutely nothing. Like we're healthy. There's no reason for us to be thinking we're going to be dying of cancer in a month. <laughs> and so, and so that was one of the things that really helped me having a friend that was also going through it. Um, but another thing was, so this was also kind of intertwined with, and like I said at the start of this episode, I really don't want to self-diagnose. That can be very dangerous um, and can lead to hypochondriasism, which is literally what 
is the whole problem in the first place. But this was also very much linked to OCD. I've never talked about this before, and I don't really want to get into it in this episode because I do want to make like, I, I really want to plan out how I'm going to approach tackling that because it has been a big part of my life. Um, it was mainly when I was a kid uh, in middle school and kind of like late high school, and I mostly got over it. Um, it's still, I still have lots of problems with it to this day, but it's very much, very much linked to hypochondriasism. Like that level of anxiety is very, is very similar. So one of the things that helped me break this hypochondriasism, this just always thinking that I was dying, like literally for years and years thinking like I wasn't going to live like another year because like I was going to get cancer or pick up like a, like a chronic disease that would kill me. Like, let me just like describe more like how ridiculous it was. I wouldn't eat salads at all because I read one time that a dude went to Mexico and like a person in a kitchen didn't wash their hands properly and they had hepatitis B, which is like an actual thing that happens. Like people do get hepatitis B. But anyways, this guy got hepatitis, which I can't even remember what it is. Let me consult Siri again. Um, what is hepatitis? I know there's like three different le- le- letter- letters of hepatitis. Hepatitis is an inflammation of the liver tissue. Some people or animals with hepatitis have no symptoms, whereas others developed yellow discoloration of the skin and whites of the eyes, poor appetite, vomiting, tiredness, abdominal pain, and diarrhea. Can you die from it? I don't know if you can die from it, actually. I don't think you can. Maybe you can. Um, but it terrified me because it's like a chronic illness. Like if you get it, you cannot get rid of it. Like you have it forever. And that was one of the things that really terrified me. So anyways, back to this like whole salad situation. I heard one time, one time that a person got hepatitis from a salad in like Mexico and I literally could not eat anything unless it was cooked. We're talking salads. We're talking like like f- like any type of fruit. Um, anything that wasn't cooked, I couldn't eat it because like unless my mom made it or I made it, and I could like see how it was prepared, I would not be able to eat it. There was another food thing. Oh, red dye. I had a teacher make this joke in middle school that if you, because like, okay, so like there's like a certain type of food coloring that has given people cancer in the past, but they pretty much banned it. But I literally thought that it would still be in my food somehow, so I would not eat anything red. <laughs> Wait, I'll get, I'll get into the, 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 the wildness of that right after this quick break. Okay, welcome back. I didn't eat anything red for years. And I'm not just talking like like red candy, like things where they're actually putting red dye in it. I'm talking like I wouldn't eat apples, red apples. I wouldn't eat raspberries because I thought somehow, like it is crazy how your brain will make these, like I, I guess this goes for like all anxiety. Your brain will make these insane situations that you fully believe in your head. And like, so this was my rationale for not eating anything red, like including fruits. 
So there was this red dye. I think it's called red dye 39 or something. It was like used way more in like the 90s or something to like dye like like candy and snacks and stuff. But it eventually came out that um, it could give you cancer. It was like a carcinogen. So they like took it out of most things. There's still a few things, like a few food items, I think, that it's still in. But I was terrified of this because cancer was like literally the biggest thing I was scared of. Like my house could just blow up and I'd be like, fine. But if I got cancer, oh my God, that terrified me. It still terrifies me to this day. It's one of my biggest fears. Um... So I would literally not eat raspberries or apples because I thought, okay, well, it's red. What if like when they were picking the apples or the raspberries, it wasn't red enough. So they had to add some dye or something because, you know, people, oh, they like gematically, gematically, genetically modify organisms, but maybe it doesn't work. So maybe they need to like paint it and they need to like color. It's crazy. It's actually crazy what anxiety can do to your brain and your thought process. Like the most irrational thoughts. <laughs> it's crazy. It's really, I haven't really thought about this in a while. Like how much I was actually like, like it was ruining my life. Like I actually can't believe it. Oh my gosh, my laptop screen just darkened. None of that, please. Every podcast episode at 16 minutes, my laptop almost turns off and I panic. Um, so back to the whole cancer element of that though, I would, um, so another thing that is like known, well, not known to cause cancer, but it's like, it has the potential is like your laptop, your phone, any kind of electronics, like release like a radiation. And there's, I don't know, there's been like studies that like kind of hint that maybe it could cause cancer, but it's not like, like i I think it's like very rare if it's even possible at all. But in like 2010, when like phones were becoming more popular and uh, there was like all this hysteria about like if they could cause cancer or not, it freaked me out. It freaked me out like no tomorrow. And to kind of show you the extent of how much it freaked me out, I had I slept on like a single bed growing up, like very tiny, like it could maybe fit two and a half of me, like laying side by side, very, very small bed. And one time, this is insane, one single time I used my laptop on my bed. This was before I figured out the whole like, oh, like cancer thing. I had my laptop on the side of my bed. And after I figured out or found out about the whole like possible cancer thing from radiation, I never slept on that side of the bed. For at least six years, I slept on the opposite side of the bed. Now, I mentioned the size of the bed because it's not that small. So I would very much literally be curling up on the corner of my bed because I thought if I laid on the other side, it would give me cancer and I would die. Like, like it's actually debilitating. It's crazy. It's crazy. I couldn't sleep with my phone in my room. I'd have to have it like in a different room so that like the radio waves wouldn't like get in my brain or something. Um, 
I'm trying to think. There was, I know there was another thing. Oh, I would be very scared of like microwaved food. Like I would never eat anything that was microwaved unless like my mom made it and then I'd feel bad if I didn't eat it. So I would like, I, I would avoid it. I would, I was terrified of microwaves because they also like have like radiation, like anything radiation scared me so freaking much. I never went out in the sun for years and years and years. I mean, for a couple of reasons, like I had no friends. So there's like no reason for me to go outside in the sun. And also I lived in Canada. So it was like cold and it's winter for eight months and there's like eight hours of daylight. So um, but like in the summertime, literally would stay inside playing Minecraft all day so that I wouldn't have to go outside. Like, it's crazy. It, it's really insane how much it ruined my life as a kid and how much it like changed like my upbringing or how much like my upbringing changed me, I guess is what I was trying to say. Ugh. So the things that I still have now to this day is this. So my front door at my dad's house, one time, this was really sick and twisted. One time I told my friends that I like was very scared of germs, very scared of diseases, stuff like that. And when we stopped becoming friends for like, I can't even remember what, it was like some middle school drama. They took a condom and filled it with some white liquid, I can't even remember, but to simulate you know what. And they put it on my dad's front door, like wrapped it around the doorknob. When I came home and saw this, ooh, that moth is getting close. When I came home and saw this, I literally broke down. I, 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 like, I didn't know what to do. I couldn't get into my house. I waited for like an hour and a half until my dad got home so that he could like let me in. And I was like crying because it's like, like you think about all of like the diseases that could be spread with, you know, this stuff that ends up in a condom. So like, I literally, I didn't touch my front door knob for seven days. I would leave through the back porch door. I mean, not seven days, seven years. Like to this day, I can't touch it with my hand. I have to wrap my I have to wrap like a sleeve around it and then I have to change shirts or if I do touch it with my hand I immediately like run to the bathroom to like wash my hands for like 2 minutes. And like it was such a sick joke. Like I can't believe how much that messed me up. And like some other situations like in all throughout middle school I like really couldn't touch anyone. I like couldn't shake people's hands. If I had to like borrow a pencil, I'd like start crying because like the like I think about all the germs and stuff on it and I think like oh like what if someone has like an incurable disease that's on this and then I touch it and then I get it like oh my god I'm just thinking about like how brutal that was and so um and like there was this like cupboard in my house, which one time I saw like I it was like a speck of tomato sauce, but my brain was like, that's blood. That blood could have like a like a like a disease in it, and then you could get it, and then you could die. And to this day, I don't open it up. And it's a cutlery drawer, so I literally have to like grab a paper towel and wrap it around the handle and open it and then throw the paper towel out and then wash my hands. Cause I'm like, what if the germ went through the paper towel onto my hand? It's crazy. It's like, it's, it's something that 
like I don't I don't know how common OCD and hypochond being a hypochondriac is, but it is it's debilitating. It is truly insane. And I and you always hear like kind of people make jokes like, oh my gosh, I'm so OCD. Like um like I organize all my stuff like so well. Like I'm always cleaning my room, like I'm so OCD. Like it's so it's so like annoying to hear that because actual like actually having that and actually suffering from that is so much more like there like I said I'll get into like actually like the other things the other behavioral things I had that leads me to believe I had full on OCD later in an, another time I really I really don't know how to like get into it properly um, and if I do, I like want to like make sure I'm like saying everything right, but it's crazy. It, it actually can ruin your life. So I want to talk about how I got out of that because now I, I still am very much scared of like germs and diseases. Um, so COVID has been an experience for me, but we'll, 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 I'll mention that in a sec. I slowly started just completely immersing myself in the things that absolutely terrified me. So I'd have like the, 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 like the cupboard or like the drawer with the handle that I thought had blood on it. I would just rub my hand all over it and see how long I could sit without washing my hands. And this came from a place of being completely exhausted of like not being able to touch things in your own house, not being able to enter your house through the front door, like completely exhausted. I would like so I was like, I need to, I need to handle this. And in retrospect, definitely should have gone to a professional. Um, I can't swallow pills. I don't know what they would do for me, but <laughs> definitely this is something you can absolutely get help for. I do believe there's medications and stuff out there to treat, um, to treat this. But what I would do is I would like just overwhelm myself with like the biggest fear. So like I would just be sitting there after like rubbing my hand all over this like this metal handle that I was terrified of and I would be sitting there like crying like 13 year old me would be like like bawling like just wanting to run and go wash my hands but I would keep doing this and eventually it broke most of my habits like I I'm really lucky that I was able to do that and I'm please don't take this as advice like very much if you if you were struggling with any of this please 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 go speak to a professional um but it mostly helped. But to this day, like handles, like door handles still terrify me. I, I have to hold, like, I have to like put my hand in my sleeve anytime I open like a door that's outside my house. Like, um, oh my gosh. <laughs> I just, ugh, this podcast is kind of crazy because the amount of things I like talk about that I really haven't unpacked and then I start talking about it without really thinking about unpacking it. And I'm like, oh, we're really unpacked today damn he's packing <laughs> um so I was really I was really lucky that I was able to break that for a little bit but it's not fully gone literally a few weeks ago I I found like a lump on my body and it it sent me into a whole spiral again. I I was like Googling like WebMD, like is this cancer? Like for such a long time, I had to keep my phone out of my room for a little bit. 
and I legitimately thought that like I had cancer again and it's come back so many times. Like it's never fully gone away. I'd say it's like 90% gone. Oh my gosh, I have a hiccup. <gasps> but it's just been, it's been crazy. And I, I really should talk to someone about it. I really should like <laughs> hit up like a therapist or something. I want to do therapy, but the thing is I can't, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do a, a Zoom therapy. I need to like do therapy when like it opens up and you can like go into offices and like sit on their couch. But if I do Zoom therapy, I'm just not going to show up. Like I, I, I have so many Zoom calls in the day that like it's, it will just feel like just like another meeting or something. So I really need to like wait until everything calms down. You can do them in person again because not feeling that Zoom therapy. But um, like I said, I'm going to get into this um, in more in depth in the future. I'm going to cover the whole OCD aspect of it because that is just such a big part in, a, in and of itself. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I've always presented online as kind of just like, eh, like not really like getting into anything serious or deep, but you know what? That's what this podcast is for, baby. The I Almost Died podcast. Yup. Very much, mamas. Um, so I will be talking about that in the future. But for now, just know your boy is scared of diseases and germs. <laughs> oh, before I wrap it up, I, I was going to mention um, uh, the whole COVID thing. Surprisingly, COVID wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be when I discovered the world was going into a pandemic because COVID wasn't like a terminal illness. Like one of the main things in my brain that was terrifying for me was like terminal illnesses. I don't know why, like, even if it's like something short term that kills you, it wasn't as scary as like living with a terminal illness for me. I don't know why that was so scary to me, but anyways, ugh, um, I'll get into that another time. Thank you so much for watching. If you want to tweet me your near death experiences, uh, tweet me using the hashtag I almost died podcast. My Instagram and YouTube is Ben of the week. I will see you guys next Wednesday. I love you so much. Stay safe. Kisses. Kisses. Truly, I love you so much. Okay. Bye. See you next Wednesday. Bye.